Hey there, I'm Orla Magnus. And I'm Ricardo Deacon. And this is the Recommendation Game, Film of the Week podcast where we take turns to recommend a film the other's not seen, we watch it and then meet to discuss it. You're listening to Dublin Digital Radio. This week's film is The Exorcist 3, or The Exorcist Part 3, or Legion, if you will. Sadly, not the one starring Paul Bettany. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and Danny Squay. <laughs> what a um, film. And because Ricardo did not do his one job, uh, I'm going synopsis I first. I actually did, I just didn't bring away me. That's part of the job, sorry. Um, <laughs> and the synopsis is... Police Lieutenant Kinderman notices similarities between his current murder investigation and the methods used by the Gemini killer, who was executed 15 years before. He soon discovers a hospitalised mental patient claiming to be the dead serial killer, but who looks uncannily like a priest Kinderman knew who died during an exorcism. Technically, he died on the steps, not, uh, but you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as more bodies are found, Kinderman looks for connections between the two supposedly dead men. <laughs> <clears throat> Directed by William Peter Blatty, produced by Carter DeHaven and James G. Robinson. Screenplay by William Peter Blatty, based on Legion by William Peter Blatty. Starring George C. Scott, Ed Flanders, Jason Miller, Scott Wilson, Nicole Williamson and Brad Durf. Music by Barry de Vorzan. Cool. Cinematography by Jerry Fisher. Edited by Todd Ramsey and Peter Lee Thompson. Hey! Uh... This week's film is Pick Ricardo. It was indeed. Who has been looking to pick this for a while, I feel. Yes. Uh, so, Ricardo, <laughs> why did you pick this movie? For one, uh, it was a toss-up between this and The Exorcist 2. For the lols? Yeah, The Exorcist 2. <laughs> no, like, uh, the even, heretic? Even uh, Scorsese said that the movie uh, is actually a good movie badly directed. Uh, and... Um, I'll have you uh, a quote uh, from Friedkin when they were Himself. making uh, Exorcist 2. Uh, he says, I was at Technicolor and a guy said, we just finished the print of The Exorcist 2. Do you want to have a look? And I looked at a half an hour of it and I thought it was as bad as seeing a traffic accident in the street. It was horrible. It's just a stupid mess made by a dumb guy. John Borman by name, somebody who should be nameless, but in this case should be named Scurrilous, a horrible picture. I love that he called it a picture. I'm just imagining that entire thing in his voice and not yours. <laughs> and the, uh, freaking later a stated that picture. the sequel diminished the value of the original and he called it one of the worst films I've ever seen. <laughs> that film was made by a demented mind. <laughs> That could have been good. I think Demanded Mind, maybe. Well, for one, uh, Exorcist 2 does have the advantage of having one of the best movies. Like, probably the the bad uh, award of being the worst movie with the best soundtrack <laughs> ever. Because, like, Ennio Morricone did the soundtrack for The Heretic. And he never misses. Uh, but, like, in this case, it was amazing. <laughs> like, it's uh, one of his most unique ones that it's coming out of his uh, wheelhouse. And his mentor, like Richard Burton, is great in it as well. And it's like, even the producer is so weird. Like, I know it's a whole little rabbit hole to read about <laughs> Exorcist 2. Somehow, how they ended up making the movie was they originally, they just wanted to make a super low budget sequel that they were actually going to use outtakes and uh, alternative angles from the first one. Yeah. They were going to do like a remake of the first one. 
and make it so close together. Directed by Gus Van Sant. Yes. <laughs> but we, more like half directed by William Freakin. I think that they got into trouble because Freakin hadn't agreed for that and <laughs> DGA kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. That's Director's Guild of America. But coming to Exorcist 3, uh, part of it is that I wanted to make a sequel, uh, do a sequel. Uh, I was torn between this and Cycle 2. Uh, <laughs> But like a sequel. You've like, already explained the plot of all the the psycho sequels to me. Psycho sequels. Who? Um, <laughs> I said that very very clearly. Um, all the psycho sequels to me, so that probably wouldn't work. You know how I remember things. Well, like I did the I did the plot of psycho sequels when I decided to do this instead of psycho. I see. It was all planned. Yeah. Uh, so this is a sequel. Let's just pretend that uh, as this movie does, the two never happened. Yes. Uh, it was also the uh, has the. The advantage of being directed and written by William Peter Bellati, who is the mind behind the original the Exorcist. entire Exorcist universe. Uh, so it, it does uh, maintain like a level of quality that the second one completely like dives off, you know. <laughs> uh, but this one is, I, I genuinely love this movie. And I think that a lot of people uh, did not watch it. It, it. it didn't make a profit. I think the budget was like $11 million and mm. then made about $33 million in the box office. Which Based off of having the word exorcist in the title. Yeah, but at the same time, <laughs> I think that the, the movie earns its, uh, its right to exist by itself because it's dealing with different themes than the original. And I think that uh, uh, William Peter Bellotti did mention that... the. Uh, his original screenplay for uh, his original idea for the exorcist was the idea of same as rosemary baby in a way that it was that thing of the 70s that that's why it freaked out that's everybody. what i was gonna say that um this film and like its production and its themes and stuff is much more 70s than it is 80s or 90s which yeah is even quite, though it's from 1990 yeah which is quite interesting and even like the look of it is very like he kept a lot of the the look of the original i think they use similar film stock and everything yeah it looks very close and uh, like uh, the thematically, he wanted to because he wrote the original uh, Exorcist when he was like in his early thirties or something. Mm. That it was the idea of horror coming to suburbia, that uh, affecting a kid like a normal family and stuff. That it was unknown at the time. The seventies was very rare. That's why like, this and Rosemary's Baby had such an impact because. Mm. It was when the, the horror film, and also uh, to a lesser degree, and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, mm. that is uh, horror existing in an area the, in the world that it's real. It's not like fucking uh, the 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 log cabins in mm. Friday the Thirteenth or whatever. It's not people looking for it as they you. Would it's call not it like the, young sexy teenagers. It's yeah, and it's the same as well. Halloween. It's similar. That is just going to. What uh, what's his face? The guy that is in the uh, Wake and Fright. Uh, oh um, um, oh god, um, Donald Pleasance. I knew yeah. it was play. <laughs> so like uh, uh, similarly to what Donald Pleasance says in the the original Halloween, that he just says to the sheriff, uh, "Sheriff, evil has come to your little quiet town," or something <laughs> like that. Just like side note to Donald Pleasance, that like overacting everyone off the screen. Yes. <laughs> god damn it, man. So good, but uh, in this case, this like in the Exorcist three, what he wanted to do was in his later age, let's say, uh, by the time that he started writing Exorcist three, his friends started dying off. It was like that age. 
as well like i suppose with the smoking of the 50s and 60s the life the life expectancy was way lower than than before it's one of many factors of why people back then died a lot sooner so like uh, uh he started becoming more aware of his own mortality and such and his uh not only in filmmaking but also as a person his legacy uh, and I think that this film really deals well with those themes. I think uh, Jersey Scott's performance is absolutely great. And I think that it's a pity that so few people watch this movie. And the, a lot of people that went to watch it weren't expecting something else. Mm. Uh, so Who's, I, Who is that? That's... George C. Scott, yeah. he's the uh, kinnaman, like oh, okay. the, the, the main... The most barrel-chested man. <laughs> yes, he played Patton. And yeah, he's yeah. also in... Um, uh, he's one I of know my, his face like definitely. he's my favorite character in Doctor Strangelove as well the okay. really horny guy that is like <laughs> that when Doctor Strangelove starts talking about the mineshaft gap and how the Americans have to get a lot of women into the caves after the nuclear blast because they have to outbreed the Soviets so when they come out there's not like a mineshaft gap in population and George Scott is like he's talking sense he's talking sense Mr. President and uh, got a great voice as well okay yeah like uh, I think he's uh, <laughs> one of those great actors uh, I can't remember who was the uh, he was the, uh, being directed by uh, I think by Friedkin the, the TV movie uh, version of uh uh, 12 Angry Men with Jack Lemmon as well oh. I can't remember like something a film like that I think it was with Freak and can't remember what was the director uh, but in my head for some reason I know, unrelated to the connection with The Exorcist uh, that I remember uh, a female cast member went oh I'm, I'm really terrified by George C. Scott what, I, what can I do and the director went who may or may not have been Freak and <laughs> uh, said George C. Scott my darling Everyone is terrified of George Scott <laughs> because apparently he was really intense uh, and it really uh, Gosh, it's, don't, it's put across. But don't it, get that impression here. But I think that it's like to, especially because he's so warmed up in this movie. Yeah. Like I think that it's like a brilliant performance. It's not in the file. <laughs> and the nurse is just like, what? And when he tells the doctor to shut up, like. Uh, holding his do you remember hands. the gemini and um like i think it's a heartbreaking performance as well that it's like somebody that is losing everything yeah and uh his friends and like he had two friends in the world and they're broken and i love that little moment that both of them when they're talking to uh, people that are close to him oh, it's like today is the this, day yeah that we, i have to look after him because he gets sad otherwise and go to watch it's a wonderful life uh, I think that it's uh, it's just a thoroughly depressing movie for most of it. Yes, uh, <laughs> Lest I think, we forget. I think that the 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 movie as well does uh, what they call the, it does an aliens that uh, it's a sequel to a movie that is very successful and plants it using still the iconography and uh, th- certain thematic links to the original, but it puts it into a different genre. Mm. The Obviously, the original Alien is a horror movie, like a haunted house movie in space. Yeah. While uh, Aliens is really like a war film. Mm. Like you have Marines, it's a pure action, it's hundreds of xenomorphs or whatever. And this case, it goes from like uh, 
pure horror to uh, more than anything a psychological thriller with horror elements mm. and I think that it makes it interesting because it, it's, it allows it to exist on its own accord without the link to the original I think it does some great things it has it's one of those like horror movies uh, for me like we discussed before about like objectives <coughs> of movies <coughs> I'm happy with a horror movie that one unsettles me mm. Two, has memorable moments and images that haunt me afterwards. Mm. And three, that entertains me. And this movie does all three and more. Mm. Uh, I'm going to get... But, like, the long shot uh, in the corridor in the hospital while the nurse is just oh, moving around. Jesus and then the pottering ghost just, back and forth, yeah. And the ghost comes out, like, the the Gemini comes out to, to kill her. Like, just even in the beginning, straight away, the the shot with the camera falling down the stairs. Yeah. Uh, with the sound design is absolutely like, great. I do that. That's so cool. And the, the voice, the voiceover is so good there. Uh, uh, what other moments it has the... Like, even when he's just having the discussion with the priest and things start, like, the clock stops. Yeah. And the door opens and there's so many little moments that the, the movie uh, is able to pull off. And I think it has one of the best uses of gore in a horror movie because it holds back the gore for so long. It mm. just and because George C. Scott is such a good actor that when he's like describing what has been done to people, Ooh, yeah. like you you're making it worse than you have in your mind. It's way and, worse, yeah. And then like <laughs> uh, when the uh, discount James Woods uh, gets. Uh, he looks like this kind of James Woods. I think that's a good yeah. shout. The, the, the priest that gets absolutely fucked. Um, a little like bleached hair guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when he gets his skin uh, completely Ooh. detached because for so long the idea of the violence has been presented mm. and then suddenly you see the violence. It's so shocking and it's something that it's not particularly shocking. If you've seen films like Hellraiser and other mm. horror like proper movies, like proper body I horror, have, yeah, yeah. I like, love gets a little nod here when the priest says that his favorite movie is The Fly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I love the, the the dialogue in this movie. Uh, there's so much humor and back and forth that I really enjoy it, but out not out of place. Mm. Like when uh, uh, the like Father Dyer and uh, and Kinema are having lunch together, and uh, Forget it. He goes, oh, when does God get it? When uh, would everything be okay? <laughs> and uh, the father goes, at the end of time, everything will be okay. And George Kinnaman goes, oh, that soon? <laughs> yeah, there's so many quips in this. Like, <laughs> there's, like you know, they're being new, uh, like having to wait for a new pope. He's like, that's a lot of white smoke. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, it's so good. Like, there, there's some serious banter back and forth. I just love when he turns up with the penguin. Like, yes, and the the, the burger. Goes, out, Eat if, half the burger, yeah. please. <laughs> Where the other half come from? Space, <laughs> your hometown. <laughs> And I love the uh, <clears throat> the nurse character, and uh, but it has to be mentioned something that makes makes this movie that without the performances of both the guy that plays uh, uh, Father Damien, the callous, I can't remember his name, uh, John something, mm. uh, the it's the father from the original movie, and Brad Dourif as the Gemini. He's great. Like I think that that like without like. 
this movie came out uh, thereabouts the same year as Silence of the Lambs, and I always found that Brad Dourif is way more unsettling than uh, Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs. And a similar kind of scenario that it's just somebody talking, he's caged up, no power, whatever. Like just the the changes in the, in action and voice and the transition from Father Callas to Brad Dorf is so effective. I was mm. like, holy shit. <laughs> and I also love like how it is within all of that a serial killer movie and it actually works as that as well. And uh, like I thought that you wrote letters that you'd li- liked uh, yeah. the the very uh, clear nods towards <laughs> Zodiac. Um, like uh, I I lo- like I love even the parts that are so seventies that it shouldn't be there because like you've moved on. Like the action scene, <laughs> like why the, would you want to the fight scene in the kitchen is <laughs> oh just my unbelievably God, good. Oh I laughed so hard. Like it's like. Ah! <laughs> like it's just uh, I, I with the massive like <laughs> like shears like what is this for it's a it, it's what i love about uh, they're this a little movie. stiff that they, you know the sound effects that they, even like the, the bits that are kind of like weird and like don't really work it's so charming because it clearly comes from a a good place and also <laughs> it, it's this weird combination of uh of like successful horror and stuff and comedy and also like great emotional performances like when the just the face in Jersey's come when he has to check the body uh-huh. of, of father dyer <clears throat> uh, he's already almost crying beforehand and trying to fight back to tears and he has and when this he breaks weird down face. later yeah like i, I it's a movie that I wanted to pick as well because I knew that you'd probably never get to it without the podcast. No. <laughs> and I think that it's a movie that you would like. Mm. Uh, it is not perfect, like I said, but even the flaws that it has, I like because it's kind of charming in a way that um, films, even especially from the 90s, stop being. Mm. And That wasn't cool. Yeah. Spielberg isn't cool. And I think that it lacks a certain cynicism that movies since Nightmare on Elm Street had in the horror that I I always gravitate more to horrors like this that are character based and mm. the, that the horror is almost more terrifying because it is well structured, but also presented like that there's a lot of little details that you can tell there was the novelist adopting it mm. that it's little he details that world. Ad, yeah that it adds to it creates character like the just the doctor reading over his notes or how he's gonna talk like he's such a good character i was like, like what is going on with this guy and then i was like is he possessed like what <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, <clears throat> also like the nurse that gets killed by in the long shot is mm. like you always get that kind of useless kind of yeah, person well, she but comes in at the start to, where yeah. she goes into the wrong room and she's like oh well and then like she goes into the other room while that the door opens and, and the, the guy jumps up and goes like oh fucking this or whatever <laughs> and uh, i love as well how uh, Kinnaman is so isolated within the movie that he, mm. you can tell that so many years of seeing the horrors or whatever has detached him from his family who he dearly loves but he can't 
be there for them let's mm. say and be a person and he also feels ostracized from the police force because he's the only like progressive guy mm. like it seems that, like he even calls like your mom with the ponytail that uh, 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 <laughs> look like more like an asshole uh, about him being racist and shit like, do you know uh, what Macbeth is about <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and I love all the the those little scenes, and I, I think that is uh, uh, it's that kind of weird film that it, it needs to be connected to the original Exorcist because mm. it's a movie that is carrying on the themes from the original. Well, it's kind of it doesn't really explain much, you know, when it's like bringing in the characters, and you know, like if you haven't seen the original, you kind of don't quite get the connection. I think that he has to. Um, uh, to Harris, Harris, yeah. Uh, you know, Damon, yeah. you probably wouldn't get that as much if you hadn't seen. If you, yeah. you know what I mean. So that pro- probably wouldn't work as well. But uh, you know, it doesn't really. It's not handholding, which I like as well. Like that, it's not. You know, it's, it's not like, fun service. Uh, yeah, you know? it's kind of in the middle, which is good. Like uh, it just calls attention to like, but also like as a character motivation that it obviously like if somebody is honoring the the person that died or whatever going to the place that they died is not such a weird kind of thing to do you know mm-hmm. and dreaming about it and then uh, uh like just the opening is uh, so good that uh, like the, uh, the streets are so well lit georgetown yeah like uh um, yeah without further ado like there's a lot to talk about i think in this movie as well um but uh what did you think of the exorcist part three <laughs> I don't know if it's part three or just three, but uh, just on a side note at the start, um, me and Eileen have been watching this horrendous show with um, Derek from uh, Grey's Anatomy, like Patrick Dempsey's in it, and it's uh, it's Sky, and it's so <laughs> it's uh, it's what's it called? It's based on a book that apparently is quite good. This is going somewhere, I swear. Uh, it's called uh, The Truth About the Harry Kuber Affair. <laughs> yeah seriously no one has even reviewed it it's just it's this bizarre thing that we just found and like you know Patrick Jones like executive produces it and stuff but it's basically where he's like this famous writer and uh his like protege goes out to visit him and then it turns out that this girl that he knew was killed in the 70s so it like moves back and forth between like 2008 and the 70s it's so bad but like near the end of the season suddenly there's this whole thing about exorcisms <laughs> that literally just came out fucking nowhere and I swear to god there's a scene where now a priest where oh my god no dude because it's it's like it's awful but in the best way like it's oh my god it's hilarious like, and sell, plus, but they like, please tell me that it's like super <laughs> serious like it oh yeah oh, oh yeah and plus and plus it's got um <laughs> it's got like you know fucking true detective titles and everything with oh. all the like oh yeah but it's like there's ink everywhere because he's a writer but like th- it's got this thing of like all the characters are too old to play their young selves and too young to play their old selves but the makeup is terrible for both <laughs> so Patrick Dempsey just looks like a 50 year old man in both both scenarios <laughs> and it's just it's hilarious but like literally it's a thing where a priest presses a button and like a thing opens and there's all this like exorcism shit it's just i mean seriously watch it it's only like 10 episodes it's fucking unreal anyways um <laughs> just that that was really funny that that would like it happened after i'd watched this but um yeah so like before watching it i obviously i took your advice um because i was like i'll remember and then i was like no because then i like all, like all the like you know back to the exorcist and the original and everything and i was like okay i haven't seen the first one in years not never seen the second one so i had to like go back and read everything um but uh yeah as i was reading like one thing occurred to me um i didn't really like the exorcist um <laughs> I, I, like 
I don't really like exorcisms, you know, ghosts, the devil. Like, they're not really scary. And, like, I've done the legwork. We've watched a lot of horror movies. And, yeah, I mean, they don't scare me. And so they're only really good whenever they're kind of funny. Because then it's like, you know, it's hilarious. Yeah. You know, and that that's kind of a different thing. And you like a few jump scares, whatever. That's great. Um, You know, and, like... Even like, I mean, the first one is is grand, but like even like as an exercise in like body horror or whatever, it was like it was good, but mostly it was just a lot of shouting and it wasn't scary. So, and I remember talking to someone recently. I think it was Paul who I worked with, and he was like, "Oh, but the voices she does, they're so scary." And I, like, I was like, "Yeah, but you just said that you watched it when you were like ten years old." So, like, I don't think I watched this whenever I was a teenager. Even yeah. I think I was a bit older, and I was just like, "I don't." Oh, this is about, like I didn't know that you didn't like the original Exorcist. I didn't really think about it until i started reading back over it and i was like oh oh yeah shit <laughs> so great soundtrack though um because i remember for do you remember whenever like the first mobile phones came out and you could yeah. program in you could literally oh, yeah. write so the... many people had that fucking uh, <laughs> it was the 3210 i think and um you could program in the notes to make yeah. your own thing so like i think like my mom had it in her phone like my mom and dad had a mobile phone between them and that was like the home mobile phone and i think my sister had it as well so it was like <laughs> just ridiculous but um uh yeah so i went into this kind of a bit apprehensive i was like oh no um so like it starts and you know we're introduced to father dyer and uh and uh kinderman and immediately i was like oh my god i'm sold i love these guys like just from the very beginning like <laughs> like just the scene where he's there with the priest and he's like yeah I'm going to the flicks <laughs> and he's there I don't know what's on his t-shirt it kind of looks like Einstein I don't know but he's just like I said God loves you but everyone else thinks you're an asshole <laughs> it's like oh the banter is so good and like this is so cool to the cinema and <laughs> I think he has to get the sugar drops or what, the lemon drops. I'm convinced they're addictive. Um, yeah, and then like whenever he's at the hospital and he shows up with a penguin, I was like, oh. He gave him the penguin. <laughs> <laughs> and then whenever he comes back in after he's dead and the penguin, there's like a shot of the penguin on the windowsill. I was like, no. Um, like, because it's just in quite a short amount of time, their bromance is so established. It's like, oh no. And like whenever he's like sitting outside the room and i think there's a later shot as well whenever they're like wheeling away the body or whatever and he's just kind of looks at it and then he like turns back to whoever he's talking to or whatever and it's like really heartbreaking i absolutely love uh, talking about that scene when he goes like oh my brother had the same symptoms it's <laughs> yeah. like your brother died when he was 30 like, he's like but it was vietnam <laughs> it's like the back and forth <laughs> <laughs> oh god it's so funny um yeah so like his death is like just oh it's so sad um and yeah like they, it's really really sharp like they're they're back and forth and stuff um but um yeah so <laughs> pretty much like when we get to like Gemini's cell uh it all kind of started to go a bit south and I was like okay right like from what I can make out in like research and then I got a bit worried that maybe I'd watch the wrong version that maybe you wanted yeah. me to watch the Legion version um where as in like where um bloody like based to all the because loads of this is lost yes yeah. you know for like what i know from like the research i did that like it was kind of a troubled film there's a lot of studio interference and everything and bloody was forced to add in the dramatic exorcism at the end yeah uh and that like that's fair enough but you know this is the one i watched so 
I'll take, take all that on board, but at the same time, I can only watch what you can only judge oh, yeah. what I watched. But um, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad then that that wasn't actually like what you meant. But, I know, um, like uh, I wanted to do this version as well because it's the one that I watched originally. So yeah. like it would have been like... Well, that, uh, that new strange half cobbled together one only came out a couple of years ago. Yeah, but also like I think it has one of those things that is interesting if you're like a fan of film college or whatever, but the quality of yeah, like the cuts are so bad. Switching, that you're, switching between quality as well. Like going yeah. from like beta like beta cam kind of fucking yeah. scans so that you can't really watch it as a movie like it's yeah. not like the richard donner cut of superman that there were still that even though you notice where they put in that it was like dress rehearsals or whatever scenes mm-hmm. that you wanted to put in it's still superman it's not really a director's cut yeah mm like i really like i think that like kinderman is so good like he is really really great and like all the procedural elements are great and like the nods to zodiac and everything and and, like honestly though like the only sort of issue i had with that was it's like an awful lot of these like seven is one of the few films that i think kind of gets away with the like dramatic religious deaths you know what i mean where it's all based you know it's the kind of thing that criminal minds does all the time where this person has a really crazy specific mo and it's like you know completely and you can like compare this to the zodiac because yeah. the guy wrote letters other than that not a whole lot else <laughs> it's the whole thing of like the finger like the the finger in this hand and like writing that you know all this mad shit it's so criminal minds and like seven is the only movie that really gets away with that because it's yeah. so methodical and precise and so david fincher and it's like kevin spacey is the killer and you know and it's like Morgan Freeman's working it out and it's all those things kind of you know work together and like it, it, it's like all of this like the deaths are just so ridiculous you know and it's like even though whenever he's describing them to Father Dyer like that first one it's like we horrifying but it just keeps on going and you're like okay oh, okay oh okay and rather than it being horrifying it was just like oh, what you know who's the time you know it was just it was a bit much it was kind of like Hannibal as well like that show I love that show but all the deaths of the week where they made the human tire out of corpses and shit and it was yeah. like that's cool but yeah or you like know? the the guy that gets spliced open like, where, like oh no it was sections. Um, it was not a guy well that's not spoiling Hannibal go watch Hannibal it's amazing I think it's on Netflix um but uh yeah I'd like I feel like you'd if you'd kind of stripped so much of the like religious like symbolism and all the you know devil shit out of it like <laughs> I kept thinking of like uh, American Horror Story and how they've done like you know all this all the scary things like ones in the mental institution, ones in a nunnery, and you know all the different things. And what I really hate about American Horror Story is that it's kind of like just someone screaming at you for yeah. forty minutes at a, at a time. And there are parts of it that's good, and then it's more just more screaming. And it's like, look at all the actors we have <gasps> screaming, and you're like, okay. And like I was watching it, you know, I'd be doing other things, and I'd be listening to it, and I'm like watching this this is total pain like there's nothing you know but anyways um (laughs) yeah i I think as well i probably would have appreciated more sort of in into gemini and like sort of before we get into the cell and talk to your man yeah you know what i mean like i think the discovery that it's him but it's also him that's really interesting and quite well done i think like that element of it yeah, i think is both interesting the performances yeah, are fantastic they, like, yeah because i saw a thing where someone like like that apparently in legion um that the it's just dorf it's not um the other guys in it at all yeah. and i'm like okay but i kind of like the switch i think the switch is really well done and like the the cell is really cool and stuff um but yeah like like by the time we get to the actual exorcism i was just like <sighs> 
you know, because there's just so much of him just like, and it's a really good performance, but just him talking, and you're like, oh, you're so evil, oh, you know, and I was like, and then like, you know, there's like then this massive exorcism and the priest and his skin, and then he's on the ceiling screaming about slime, and I'm just like, okay, but... Go back to the thing where you were going around the hospital and it was really creepy and it was a serial killer and, you know, and like the nurse, yeah. the banter with the nurse and, you know, it was like a psychological thriller. Oh, no, it's just exorcisms. And, <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, it's like, and it's just, it was just so disappointing because it was like, at the start, it was so good. It was so precise. And I don't think that it necessarily loses its precision. And I think that he is still really good, but... By the time you get to the when they're in the cell and it's just uh, it's like you know and like <laughs> I've written down evil monologuing snore uh, <laughs> it's just like it's so unsubtle and I think the film was de- de- dealing in it with a very kind of like careful way up until that strange yeah. thing um so yeah, like I, I definitely didn't hate it because I think it is quite well made, and like I love the seventies element of it. Even the fact that the hospital, like that's sort of nineties hospital. <laughs> like I was looking at it and I was like, what? Like even like the nurses and stuff. It's all, like, it's I, all I, very like, um, it's all very kind of um, you know, uh, one flew over the cuckoo's yeah, nest. Yeah, where Brad Dourif is in it. Like I always thought oh, that like yeah. Brad Dourif just stayed on the set, like doing research. What happened to him? Um, Brad yeah, Dourif? yeah. He was in the Lord of the Rings and stuff. Like he's, yeah, oh God, yeah. he's like warm tongue, grimo warm tongue. Oh my God, <laughs> he's got a great face. Um, what's so funny is that I feel like this is the seventies. So I'm like, what? He must be so old. Um, and yeah, I think the film looks really great. There's some really like the long shots and stuff, and like it looks really great. Uh, but yeah, just. I I know part of this is my fault. Well, not my fault, but like what I bring to it is that this kind of thing sort of bores me. So unless you're going to do it really well, like I remember. (laughs) Well, for one, to be honest, if I knew your stance on The Exorcist. I didn't. I I know that you didn't know, but it's kind of like it was already a risky pick. (laughs) Like it's kind of like just setting myself to fail, let's say it is. But like, um, yeah. Like about The Exorcist at the end, I do agree with you and I do agree with uh, Bloody in the sense of that it wasn't necessary. Uh, mm. But I do like the... But at the same time, for something that is tacked on that he didn't want to do, is incredibly well made, which makes it kind of interesting. The random priest is a bit like, you know, where he, I, yeah, I don't know. It just felt a bit strange and disconnected. He played, oh, uh, he, uh, his name, Nicole Williamson, I think is the, the name of the actor. Mm. He was in the, uh, what was the movie that he was in that he's great in? Oh yeah, he's in Excalibur. Uh, he plays Merlin in Excalibur, which is a great movie, shot in Wicklow. Uh, <laughs> of course it was <laughs> uh, that's why like John Borman has a house in Wicklow because he made a movie there and that's how Charlie Borman uh, was conceived yes. uh, <laughs> in the Wicklow Mountains <laughs> weren't, weren't, we, weren't we all um. and, uh, but like John Borman directed The Exorcist 2 mm. so I don't know wh- how the, like it's a weird connection to have that is like pl- bloody mm. hated <laughs> Exorcist 2 and then you get like somebody that acted yeah. like one of the biggest parts where but, um, 
Who knows? It Who was knows? the 90s. But as well, like, John Borman is one of those few directors that has, like, eh films and then masterpieces and then the biggest pieces of poo ever. Like It's, it's like he just had an off year, you know? It's like from making Deliverance and Point Blank and Excalibur and... Yeah. Fucking so much, and then he makes Zardoz. Okay. Zardoz, <laughs> Zardoz. <laughs> he has a John Borman. Oh Jesus! Isn't Charlie Borman like fucking? Is he your man? He went off with um. You want Greg? Yeah, yeah, they're like best. They get the fucking Brandon. You run <laughs> Just poncing about in his motorbike. Oh gosh. Uh, it's fun to hate your contemporaries. But I, I think that, like, uh, coming back to Exorcist 3, <laughs> I, I do agree that the... But why? <laughs> that the, uh, the Exorcist in itself wasn't necessary. But I think that the film would have lost so much of its meaning if uh, uh, Gemini was just Gemini and not Phallicalis Yeah, as well. I know. Like, I think that it would have been a completely different movie then. You know what yeah. I mean? So I think that, no, like, I, I, I liked that. It just... It could have shaved about 10 minutes of its running time as well. Yeah, like, it's I, quite I reckon, long. like, a... So it's not it's dialogue quite, it's an hour 47 minutes but it's it quite slow which I kind of liked like there's even like the scene with the doctor which is not important really yeah it's mostly there's a whole setup with the doctor and like all the setup of his office and everything and then the, like the interview and stuff like that didn't even that long but I like that was... <laughs> yeah like I'm reading all these playboys for the science articles <laughs> They're very good. Uh, the way no. that he smokes like somebody that has never yeah. smoked before. I was just about to say that. The fact that like he literally he just finished one and he sits there like trying to light it off the other one with like shaking hands as well. Like, the way that he holds the cigarette though, it's like if it was a blunt, like uh... <laughs> yeah, like coal and fucking true detective. Something with the the actual exorcism, even like watching it now, uh, I think that it, it's held together because of George C. Scott. That even in those scenes when uh, of the long the length of this <clears throat> maybe because I've seen it before a couple of times mm. I was focusing more on the like the close-ups of George C. Scott mm. that the like the point of the scene and being that long is how long he takes it knowing that that's his best friend mm. like that's the face that he's seen somebody that he hasn't seen in 15 years and it's just going and going until like he hits him and at that moment you bro his nose is fucking broken <laughs> and then the nurse is having to like patch him up and say there's nothing that is not strange about that man and i like she's the, loving it <laughs> the details even about how his brain was so mush for her that it took him 15 years to yeah. like be able to come back from the the body and stuff uh and it's really like just a, a revenge of it all. But um, if he just continued focusing on like the friendship, I think, yeah, you know, yeah. But the part of the, <clears throat> the exorcism, like in a way, I think that the problem of it and is probably the only bit that doesn't really work because all the other bits that are like bad it's like charmingly bad like the fucking car chase that oh yeah like, so like, like especially when freed can make like, the original <laughs> exorcist and you think about like it's clearly like a fucking char- car chase directed by a novelist <laughs> yeah but you can say that about a few things in this movie but you know it gets away with it because it is quite charming but uh, it's not bullet is it is not but i think that the, the french po- connection it is not <laughs> The part mm. in the end, I think, is that for one, it doesn't really build up the 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 other father, the the one no. that, that like it has that scene that he's randomly minding a bird and the bird dies, 
And um, and then he goes over and Jesus is crying blood. Yeah. Uh, oh, actually, shout out to creepy Jesus. Yeah. Um, oh, and just the, when the eyes uh, open, it's amazing. Oh, Jesus, that scared the shit out of me. That probably scared me more than anything else because I find those statues really creepy anyway. Yeah. And it was just like, ah. Uh. It has two, like a couple of really good jump scares this movie. Like, oh, on uh, the ceiling. The, oh, when your one is crawling up <laughs> in the ceiling, that is so good. Like, uh. uh when she, he's just walking around and <laughs> like, and it's such a simple effect that it's obviously mm. just like flipped negative. Yeah. And the the split, but with the sound design and everything. <laughs> Horizontal because it, split. Because it just doesn't call attention to itself. It's yeah. just there. It's uh, fucked up. Like that, that old lady scares the shit out of me as well. Like, uh, you can kind of like watch this and then like watch something like Shutter Island and kind of see like what, you know, what Scorsese was trying to do with like the creepy old woman and stuff yeah. and like all the creepy over the top shit and that. That's another shady movie. But, but it's so disappointing because the book is so good. Hmm. Actually, talking about movie, it's something that I wanted to like mention that it's like really like I haven't seen either one, but it'd be very interesting to do as a study in filmmaking. That is the prequel of The Exorcist. The um, that two movies came out based on the same script. Hmm. That there was one directed by Paul Schrader and the other directed by somebody else. And they're completely different movies, like oh. different actors, everything else. Called? Uh, one is called uh, something, the prequel to The Exorcist. Um, <laughs> Get The Exorcist in the title. You have Exorcist, The Beginning, which is the one uh, directed by Paul Schrader. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was deemed unsatisfactory by the studio. So they just hired Rennie Harlan to direct the same script <laughs> and he reshot the entire movie class and that one is uh called the medium prequel to the exorcist mm. and it's funny because Rennie harlan is also the director of die hard 2 the absolute like <laughs> fuck it like he's one of these like hacks you know like yeah. i think that the best movie that he did is cliffhanger because he managed to miscast john lithgow as the like <laughs> like threatening bad guy like that's not what john lithgow is <laughs> no <laughs> no offense to john lithgow because we love him here yeah but it's, it's him versus sylvester stallone it's <laughs> like so funny and it, it, it's pretty much after he directed die hard 2 it is one of those like late 80 movies that they just started doing die hard somewhere <laughs> that is yeah like fucking under siege with steven seagal and uh Tommy Lee Jones in a Hawaiian shirt <laughs> is uh, Die Hard on a Boat. A very handsome man. Yeah, it's Die Hard on a Boat. And then the sequel of Under Siege, Under Siege 2, is Die Hard on a Train. <laughs> and Cliffhanger is Die Hard in the Mountains. <laughs> die Hard back in the city. Um, yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> we're running sort of out of time. Um, we probably need to talk about the movie more. So did you have any uh, questions, points, things you want to address? Well, like... Uh, we did get a lot about covered a lot about the cinematography and stuff but what did you think of the acting overall like we did speak about George C. Scott's performance Mm. but uh, like as an ensemble piece almost because it has like very memorable characters oh I think it's pretty much flawless Um, I think that maybe like the daughter and the mother like they didn't really have a whole lot to do so they're kind of like forgettable but 
I think everyone else is great. Like um, Father Dyer, he's great. Um, Gemini slash um, Karis are both great. The switch between the two is really good as well. Um, yeah, like it's... Who else? Oh, Nurse is great. I loved her. She really nailed that. Who is she? She looked very familiar. I don't know. Like uh, yeah. she, she reminds me a lot of uh, your one that plays the, the leader in Glee or whatever the principal in Glee. You know, um, the one that is like, oh, do you know what I have? That she's in role models as well. It's like, do you know what I have for breakfast? Cocaine. <laughs> do you know what I had for lunch? Cocaine. <laughs> Oh, with the short blonde hair. Yeah. Yeah, I know you're talking about it. I can't remember her name. Um, yeah, like I thought she was fab. Um, who else? Yeah, pretty much everyone was really good. Like that that wasn't the flaw of it at all. Yeah. It was more like a slow build to boredom than um, <laughs> than any sort of one point. Right? <laughs> that should be in the fucking poster. <laughs> a slow build to boredom. Like the um, tagline in the poster that you posted on Twitter today is like, would you dare to go back to these steps? <laughs> Yeah, Max von Sydow's like I do like that the performances are a lot hammier as well and like intended. Yeah. You know, like it's clearly obviously like even the bishop is Yeah. So good. Oh, like, your man who plays like the is he the head of the hospital or something, he's like screaming is your man you see in loads of things. Oh yeah, the <laughs> the he's like, What are you doing? Like fucking this and that. And yeah. Then. I love when people like that turn up though. But you can tell as well that Bloody really liked the original Exorcist, but he worked really close with Freakin to mm. to get the point across. And I think that it's interesting uh, in both films as well, like the I I Part of the reason that I'm interested in this kind of movies as well is that, like, as an atheist, I find it interesting how people deal with uh, their both their lack of faith when they were Catholics. Mm. Uh, and in the case of Friedkin, it's like uh, somebody that is still very much a Catholic, like, believes in God and stuff, but doesn't believe in the church anymore, mm. which is like this... These fun new modern Catholics. Yeah, and I think that... Oh, sorry. Side note as well. I was filming with the nuns on Tuesday, and then I came home and I watched this. <laughs> I had a grand old day. <clears throat> okay, every time that I watch a movie like this, it just... You know, I imagine that that's what priests do. Like, they have, they have the, the little emergency yeah. Bible, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. But, like, yeah, I, I think the... In a way, coming to like, even I do agree in general with exorcist movies, I, 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 even with shit like The Conjuring and stuff. Like, mm. uh, I'm not tr- like truly interested in that kind of uh, it's just psychological, it's just uh, supernatural, it just goes, yeah, there yeah. you go. It's like why the original The Haunting and uh, The Haunting is amazing because it's pure psychological mm. and stuff, like, and um. Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> completely unrelatedly, uh, I haven't seen it, but uh, my brother has recommended watching uh, the Little Drummer Girl that is directed <gasps> by Park Chan Wook. Uh, I was only talking about that the other day. Alexander Skarsgård, <laughs> but then I get my brother is in love with Alexander Skarsgård, so it could Aren't be terrible. All though he was on with Colbert last week, and I was just like, yeah. Stellan yeah. made a lot of very beautiful children, which doesn't yeah. really make a whole lot of sense. But anyways. Uh, although like some he's of them... Swedish, like he probably just uh, has the weak genes of his clan kind of thing. But like, although one of them is almost too beautiful, he's yeah. kind of like creepy looking. Is it's that the bit... one that is in the, the, the fucking Beyond Borg Macron movie? Or... Uh, no, he was in um, 
there was a really bad Netflix show that went nowhere that was a, some sort of supernatural thing that was like another one of those shows that was like it's like Twin Peaks no it's not uh, be more specific uh, yeah exactly uh, Jesus it was something Grove or something that was oh, Hemlock Grove yeah there we go I'm pretty sure one of them was in that and he's really creepy looking but um didn't make it past the pilot of that one unlike the secret <laughs> truth about the Harry Cabrera affair which I myself am going to single-handedly get everyone to watch um anyway <laughs> what was your favorite thing uh oh their relationship like 100 like the bromance the banter the it was just it was wonderful which is also the best thing of the of the exorcist and i think that mm. it's like being being able to carry that through it's obvious that vladdy like has a, a very keen eye for friendship i think mm. and like the the kind of dialogue you have whenever you've known someone for so long that you have so many in jokes that it's like you know, in joke and tell you know, every conversation is just like a whole cup of all those things. Uh, which is a very hard thing to do whenever two people aren't actually friends. So it's yeah. like, yeah, I, I believed it, you know, and was very sad whenever he died. Even though I was like, no, oh, he's dead after his like super, super de- like detailed dream. Um, I was like, well, um, but yeah, and it was, oh, the penguin. I really want a penguin now. Oh, he gave him the penguin. What was your favorite thing? Uh, I think it's George C. Scott's performance. I do mm-hmm. love Brad Dourif's and uh, the guy that plays cards as well, which I think is one of those few things as well that it's uh, nowadays they would have kept it as a secret, but it's kind of stupid that his name is in the opening credits. It's kind of like yeah. it just gives away the game. <clears throat> and especially when you go for so long without having flashbacks. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, at least if you had like a flashback or whatever. But at the same time, it's like the fucking nineties, and there's no CGI. <laughs> there's like makeup effects are like just put a wig on fucking uh, Frank Sinatra and pretend that you're. <laughs> it's all about Dean these days. Um... <laughs> and uh, and a uh, different like the not it's not my favorite thing, but I I do appreciate the fact that. They never really explain how the Gemini is pulling off the killings because he's using... Yeah. He's actually doing, like, as a human. As in, like, even the... the When he... What, he takes all the blood out of uh, 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 Father Dyer. Mm. Uh, it is... He's talking about, like, he's working on a method and the method worked. Mm. And it doesn't tell you what the method was. And there it's not is. magic. He explains the whole thing of like you put the thing and you turn him upside down. And, you know, it doesn't get all the blood. It's not perfect. Do you remember? Were oh, yeah. you not paying attention to his en- endless monologues? I was looking at Jersey Scott. I think if I'm ever in a situation where like an evil person is monologuing at me, I'm just gonna be like, no, <laughs> just fucking kill me. I can't listen to your bullshit. I think it's the point of uh, like the the that scene in Incredibles and stuff. Incredibles yeah. two uh, is amazing as well. I should I really should watch really that. I'm going to see them in the cinema, and I feel like I really should. Um, what was your least favorite thing? I think is the the addition of the Exorcist at the end, and also studio interference because I just mm. don't like it. I I do think that similarly, perhaps to like fucking was a high noon and stuff that like sometimes the studio is right mm. not Mostly. high noon sorry um uh my darling clementine that john oh, yeah. that john ford's cut was like 
20 minutes longer he was pissed off that the studio cut and it's like it's a perfect film like yeah. what you don't need 20 more minutes of, what? Like, of what like and the only thing that he added as well is that awkward kiss at the end that should not Aww. happen the, like Yo. him just holding her hand she's till the end goodbye yeah. forever 100 percent. yeah but like i, I like when think... characters don't get what they want I think that Kara's like being there is like absolutely necessary for this movie to work. I don't think that it works as a film without him being there mm. because it's the themes of like and also almost uh, I think the original ending had something to do with the exercising the past in a way that it is separate to in a way why he doesn't have truly a relationship with his daughter mm. because she's like from the new and he's never been able to get over he's that also quite kind of old and yeah. she's quite young so oh jesus yeah jersey scott is uh, <laughs> way over the fucking hill and that's <laughs> yeah that's it like i was kind of watching it and i was like he's gonna cope <laughs> he's just kind of struggling along and you're like bait into a sit and you're like oh he did win a, a, a Emmy for playing Ebenezer Scrooge a couple of years before. Well, and I no. think that is a role that he was born to play. <laughs> Curmudgeon. Um, <laughs> can't wait to watch him up with Christmas Carol. <clears throat> well, Michael Caine is not as good as fucking George C. <laughs> George C. Well, that's his name. Like, that's how they used to refer to him. Then I think that George Scott was like an actor that was like in it cowboy sounds, movies and stuff like that. It's cooler though, you know, to have the C in there. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Do you see? Yeah. What uh, I see? My least favorite thing was also the exorcism. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, you know, like just screaming and bulging eyes and screaming and people on ceilings. The devil seems to like that, you know, it's like, cool. Okay. Don't really understand what your game plan is, devil, but, you know, good for you for causing this small amount of chaos in very few people's lives. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to keep talking until the devil appears. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I'm more convinced of, like, you know, the, like, efficiency of the devil and, like, the freaking new Sabrina than I am in this. But um, it all just seems so, like, antiquated. And I feel like if anyone's going to embrace new technology, it would be the devil, you know? Yeah. But, um... Anyways, <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, oh, God, yeah, exorcisms. Yeah, it becomes kind of petty, but yeah. at the same time, is that I feel that if, like, the way that God is, I think it's quite a good mirror. I think that is why it was written by, well, like, God's Catholic, quite petty. whatever. Yeah, that it's like, oh, yeah, the, the fucking Abraham kind of thing. Oh, kill your children. Or yeah. Whatever, it's all of that, like, uh that was one of my favorite here's a test where kids might die go (laughs) and i'm not gonna save them (laughs) yeah you know it's almost as if a man in the past came up with these ideas yeah almost i think that the catholic symbolism is a little bit on the nose though really i forgot about the snakes I was like expecting like fucking uh, uh, what's her name? Um, Voldemort? Uh, no. Um, fuck. Uh, Scarlett Johansson to start talking because she does the voice of the snake in the Mowgli movie in Jungle Book. Oh yeah. Incidentally, have you seen the trailer for Mowgli, the movie directed by Andy Serkis? No, it not looks sure. Absolutely dreadful it's oh, like really? why well did like, we need another people write new stories seriously the, like first of all the first one is great 
you know, they made the other one. That, I like that. That was good. Why are we making another one? Stop making Spider-Man. Stop, like, just, oh, stop making Robin Hood. Like, there are so many interesting books and stories and, like, histories out there that never get their fucking franchise. Yeah, Robin Hood. If you're going to do Robin Hood, you either do it right, like, fucking... Um, with Kevin Adventure Costner. of Robin Hood with uh, uh, with Errol Flynn, and uh, 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 or you put Kevin Costner and like and you, don't worry about the accent. It's kind of that you have to be a hard pressed. Well, like the new Robin Hood, apparently, like doesn't worry about the like. Apparently, to make it more political, the love interest has a dairy accent out of nowhere. Like specifically a dairy yeah, accent yeah, like or a like a northern accent? As in like supposedly a Is dairy. she from Derry? No. <laughs> cool. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> I kind of feel like I need to see this guy. I'm half tempted like, to watch it. Because like whenever fucking, um, oh, what was the new terrible Marvel movie with Tom Hardy? Of Venom. We were Venom come out and everyone was like, it's terrible, I'm definitely going to see it. And I was like, yeah, okay, but I don't care about Marvel and I find them all pretty boring anyways. Whereas this, I like Robin Hood. I like the Robin Hood mythology. I would totally go see that. Especially because like we watched Prince of Thieves and then we watched the new Robin Hood, which is ghastly. And uh, with, again, wandering accents. Just hire British people. It's not difficult. You and know also, what I, like, make the story about fucking Robin Hood, not about the Magna Carta release card. Like, I just, yeah, no. God, Jesus, no. Uh, although, the one good thing about that is that fucking... Kate Blanchett plays Maid Marion and you know speaking about that like hilariously Nick Cave was talking about the after doing the proposition that Russell Crowe rang him and goes oh uh, would you like uh, can you write Gladiator 2 and uh, he went what no. <laughs> he goes yeah yeah no bother because he thought that I was like he'd just produce it or something uh-huh. and then he started writing and doing the research like not writing yet and Russell Crowe comes back and goes Oh, have you figured out yet how to bring me back? And Nick Cave is like, what? And Russell Crowe is like, yeah, you're the writer. Come on, just come up with things. When was this? Like uh, early, mid 2000s kind of thing. Okay, I thought you meant recently and I was like, Russell. No, but Ridley Scott is uh, (laughs) making Gladiator 2. Make new things. Also, really stop, Scott. Stop making anything. Yeah, stop Jesus. shitting into like stop shitting Can we into your. Just get a nice little like a little circle fence and just shove all the like the let's be honest old white men that need to be stopped and put them in there and just let them fight and then you have like or a, you know sit in chairs written by the guy that has no other credits except for the already in production Top Gun two. <clears throat> which I'm dying to watch because there's no is, way is it's Shane gonna Black be good. In there anywhere? There's no way to well, like the Predator apparently it's too um, bad. Yeah. Autism saves the world, yay! Cool. Um, on that note, uh, <laughs> where they can find us, Orla? It's on Facebook, the recommendation game. On Twitter, at the rec game. You can email us at the recommendation game at gmail.com. You can find us on the Dublin Digital Radio Mixcloud when Orla updates it and you can um, you can also hear us on Dublin Digital Radio um, on Mondays at 11 to 12 uh, Savage Indeed Oh yeah next week's pick <laughs> is chosen by Orla uh, 
<laughs> so uh, what are we watching next? We're going week? back to the 17th century, and it is um, <laughs> I can't do it. Zama or Zama? Zama? Yeah, I can't do it. Zama. From 2017. Although I don't think I'd actually read. I haven't even heard about this movie. <gasps> It's actually interesting because it was like um, there was another okay. Um, like I'm actually just gonna download and watch it. I'm not gonna like I okay. don't know anything about it. Okay. That's I know right. that it's Spanish basically just because you told me that you had to pronounce it in the Spanish accent. Don't even know that it's Spanish then. Excellent. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I could have just been trying to throw you off. Um, anyways. <laughs> I was Ordemagnus. I was Ricardo Deacon. Thanks for listening. See you next week.